promise you I'll continue with the obedience. The reason why I'm so particular about obedience is that it's linked to Christian life. You cannot walk with God if you don't understand obedience. You cannot receive the best from God if you don't understand obedience. In fact, your salvation is free, but for you to benefit it, it took your obedience. When you heard the word, you had the right to say, I will not accept. And you can also say, I will obey the word. And you obey the word, you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. Obedience is a necessary requirement to give you an unlimited access to God. If you want to get all that you need from God, you must stand in a place of what? God has brought you out of something so that he will take you into something. But it takes obedience to enter into where God wants you to be. There are blessings in obedience. And when you obey God, there are spiritual blessings and physical blessings that you can get from God. Today, my desire is to share and to continue because every mother's heart beat is for her son or daughter to obey instruction so that it shall be well with the child. So just from their childhood, you start giving them instruction what to do and you expect them to obey it. And when they obey it, it will work well for you. There are blessings that we can carry if we decide to obey God. And if I don't finish with the blessings, I may continue with it the next time. Most of the time, people talked about curses and other things, but if you want to be blessed, you must walk in obedience. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 2, and all these words shall come upon you and overtake you because what? Why will it come upon you and not only coming upon you, but overtake you? It simply means that when you obey God, wherever you move, you see, you don't beg for blessing. You move in blessing. It comes upon you. It goes before you. If you move to any place, the place will be blessed. It's not the job or your place of employment that blesses you. It is you who takes the blessing to the place of employment. So even if that business is suffering and they employ you, you carry the blessings there and it begins to flourish. So you don't chase job because you think this place there is money. You chase job because go say work. And wherever you get there, you're going to make the place great. Obedience is very, very important. He said this blessing would come upon you and what? Say overtaking blessing. The blessing will overtake you. And this is not only a story, it is real that there is an overtaking blessing. It also gives us long life. Deuteronomy chapter 32, 46 and 47. 
it says, and he said to them, set your heart on all the ways which I testify among you today, which you shall command your children to be careful to observe all the ways of this law. For it is not what? Sometimes we think obeying God's word is futile. We've served God for nothing. God has said this, and we are doing, we come to church for nothing. No. Anytime God gives a commandment and we obey it, he says that it is not a futile thing for you because it is your word, your life. And by this word, you shall prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to possess. By this you shall prolong your days. It means that your days can also be cut short. Job 36 verse 11 put it in this way. If they obey and what? And serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. Look, getting money is not enough. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 19 says that, as for every man to whom God has given riches and wealth and given him power to eat of it, to receive his heritage and rejoice in his labor. This is what? The gift of God. One thing, having riches and wealth, another have the power to eat. But you must have the power to enjoy that. As for every man to whom God has given riches and wealth and given him power to eat of it, to receive his heritage, and rejoice in his labor. This is the gift of God. Ecclesiastes 6, verse 2. A man to whom God has given riches and wealth and honor, a man to whom God has given what? Riches, uh -huh. wealth and what? And honor. So that he lack what? Nothing for himself of all he desired. Yet, God does not give him power to eat of it, but a foreigner consume it. This is vanity, and it is an evil affliction. So it's not enough to amass wealth. You can be evil and amass wealth, but God's assurance is that that wealth which you've stolen, the wealth which you've amassed wrongly, it is a foreigner. Someone else, you will not have the power to enjoy it. The first one, God gives you the power to eat thereof. The second person, God did not give him the power to eat it. So, it's not enough being rich, being wealthy, having all that you need on this earth, chasing everything on this earth. 
What is very important is that whatever God gives you, let it be a gift of God, and that is what you can enjoy. If it is a gift of God, it is for your enjoyment. If it is a gift from the devil, somebody is going to inherit it. It will be full of sorrow. You are rich, but you'll be using all for hospitals. You are rich, but you can't sleep. You can buy the best homes on earth, put in the best gadget, everything, buy the best bed, but can't have the best sleep. You toss about, toss, toss, toss. Every time you have to take sleeping tablets, you need aid, something to aid you to sleep. What kind of life is that? And when you sleep to 30 minutes, that kind of riches, I don't like it. That kind of wealth, I don't like it. So going to do sakawa, to put your soul in it, what is the essence? At the end, life be a bazaar. I want us to channel our desire well and through God. The fact that some people, they don't serve God, they are becoming rich. Yes, God is not withholding that from them. But what is the end of that person and your end? It is the end that I'm very concerned about. So in seeking for wealth, for riches, I want you to seek it in such a way that you yourself will eat of it and it will be a pleasure to you. So that if you understand this, you will not kill somebody for anything. You will not destroy somebody. You will not cut somebody's back. And you will not undermine anyone to make wealth. The chapter 6, verse 2. The end said, but a foreigner consumes it. This is what? And it is what? An evil affliction. Some other scriptures say that it is a disease, evil disease. It is what? An evil disease. So this is more dangerous than the virus you were afraid of. Anytime you want to amass wealth, minus God, you are acquiring an evil disease. Prosperity is good as long as it is within the obedience of God's word. But if it's outside God's word, you use wrong method, you bully your way out because you think you have power, you have this, and you can take the poor land and sell it, it's an evil disease. You think you can pay for good lawyers to take people's property from, from them. Do it. You can have it. But it's an evil disease. You think you have power and can abuse that power in your home or any other place and nobody can touch you. Do it. It's an evil disease. God will always come to fight for the weak. Whenever there's a fight, God looks at the vulnerable and goes by the side of him. If you're already strong, you don't need him. But if you're weak, he becomes your strength. That is why God has vowed that if you touch a widow or 
an orphan, you've taken a warfare with him. But the father's supposed to protect the family. So if their protection is gone, and you want to take advantage of their protection, God becomes their protector. Not only them, anybody you see in a vulnerable position, you think you can use your position to throw him about, be careful, it's an evil disease. More dangerous than cancer. So let us be guided by it. Verse 19, Ecclesiastes. As for every man to whom God has given what? Riches and what? Wealth. And giving him what? Power to eat of it. To receive his what? Heritage and rejoice in his what? Labor. This is the gift of God. There is a gift of God and there's a disease. The same wealth, the same riches, but one can be a disease and one can be what? The gift of God. Let it be the gift of God to you. In Isaiah 119, it says that if you are what? Willing and what? Obedient, you shall what? Eat the good of the land. And Jeremiah 38 verse 20. But Jeremiah said, they shall not deliver you. Please, obey the voice of the Lord which I speak to you. So it shall be well with you. And your soul shall Live. So it shall be well with you, and your soul shall what? Live. It also says similar thing that children obey your parent, so that it shall be what? Well with you. So in obedience, God is our parent, God is our mother, God is our father. So anytime we obey him, it will be well with us. Sometimes we think obeying God is to a disadvantage. Let me tell you, it is when you are to your advantage. It's an advantage for you to obey God. Obeying him is very, very important, and it is good for you. Sometimes it's because of you, not because of God. Anytime he wants you to obey him, he wants you to obey him so that he can bless you. He wants to bless you, but the deal is that he, you need to do something for him to bless you. All the miracles that happen, most of them happen through obedience. Imagine Jesus met the, who met the man lying down 38 years. He said, man, do you want to be healed? He started giving all the theories. And he said, this, he can't, he said, this virus, he said, this, this, this is my place. He asked, Should I pray for you? He said, the doctor said, my, my kidney. I'm not asking about your kidney. I'm asking whether you want to be healed. He said, rise up. Take up your mat and walk. It's a command. The man can decide. I won't. And he will lie down. And you will say Jesus didn't have power. He had power. He jumped up and obeyed. Took out the mat. Went away. There was one they were asking. 
Why did he do this on Sunday? He said, the one who healed me, he's the one who told me to take up my descent and walk. I just obeyed him. He healed the blind man. He said, go and wash in the river. Asking a blind man to go to a certain place to go and wash with which eyes? It didn't make sense. The instruction did not make sense, but the master has spoken. The man struggled his way, said, he's told me what to do and where to go. How to get there, I will find my way there. No matter how difficult it is, I will still find my way there. He might have struggled in going. At a point where I said, oh, what am I troubling myself? But he obeyed the letter. After he washed, his eyes opened. Obedience is very, very important. Jesus asked his disciple, fill the pot with water. I know, even though Jesus has fishermen as disciples, he's also got intellectuals like Dr. Luke, like Matthew, the tax collector. He's also got people who can reason. The mother says, hey, whatsoever he tells you to do, do it. If you want to get a miracle, whatsoever God tells you to do, do it. They obeyed it. Jesus didn't pray. It wasn't a long prayer meeting. Some of the long prayer meetings, we pray and pray. The reason is why we are not having disobedience. If you walk in disobedience, you pray, you are wasting your time. He didn't pray. He just gave another command. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the MC. And they took it. They fetched the water. He's asking you who went and fetched the water, you know the source of it, to go and fetch the same water from that pot and go and give it to the MC to taste. How many of you do that? You know the source of it. The source is water. You carried it there. You put it in the pot. He has asked you to take the same thing you put in the pot back for testing. He was looking for their obedience, and Mary caught it. That look, he said his time hasn't come. But anytime you obey God, God is able to move the time. <laughs> Times and seasons is in his hands. It might not be this time for him to work, but God has the ability through your obedience to move that time to your time. But it comes through what? Obedience. He took it. They gave it to him, and the man tasted it. When the MC had tasted the water that was made wine, and they don't know where it came from, but the servant who had drawn the water knew it. The one who drew it knew where it came from. The master of the feast called the bridegroom. He said, why? Normally, you bring your best when people are okay. Then the, those that are not good, you bring them. But you brought the worst first, and now you are bringing the best. Obedience is our life. 
And if we understand this topic of obedience, the church will grow from strength to strength, from power to power. In fact, the church foundation and whatever the mission of the church is based on, obedience. He said, go ye, is a command he gave. That when you go, preach the gospel. Anyone that will hear this gospel, signs shall follow them. A sign is not following the world is because we are not preaching the gospel. If we really want the gospel, let's bring the real gospel to mankind. And it's going to change people. It's going to bring miracle. It's going to bring sign. Sign will follow us. But now believers are looking for sign to follow. But you yourself, you are a sign. Wherever I go, there must be sign. I believe that. I remember, is it last week or this week? I felt some anointing on me. And I decided to walk around here. And I met a lady who was sick. Is that lady here? Are you the one? Yeah. By the time she passed by, the sickness was so serious. I didn't even pray. We just talked. She tapped into it. The sickness, were you the one? Were you the one? You were the, you were the one. Where is the sickness? Gone! It didn't take five minutes. Is my obedience and her obedience. We passed. I didn't pray long prayer. Signs shall follow us. Signs shall follow you. Just obey him. If he gives you business principle from the scriptures, follow it and obey them. A sign of business prosperity will follow you. Whatever he gives you to do concerning any situation and you do it, you will carry that success to that place. God bless you. Next week, I will try to continue this.